0: Hello, and welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. Once again, I am Melissa Riccobono.
1: And I am Anil Lewis. And I love when Melissa brings us in because it gives me a chance to really get ready.
0: Yeah, and and you're ready today, man. (laughs) You're all ready.
1: Much ready than previous days, yes. Excellent. Yeah, I I love this topic, too. Love the topic that we're talking about today. It's still summer, by the way.
0: It is still summer. So
1: we're still talking about summer programs.
0: Creeping ever closer to the National Convention. There
1: you go. Now, you guys may have listened to the previous episode where we interviewed a young man. I forget his name, Melissa. I'm sorry. Garrett
0: Mooney. That's
1: right. Garrett Mooney, who, although brought kicking and scratching into the Colorado program, he realized, after all, that it was beneficial and it made him a better him.
0: Yes, absolutely (laughs) it did. (laughs) And so we're
1: going to continue this discussion with another individual.
0: Yes, I got to interview Marissa Hirschman. Marissa really, by getting her own training and then really looking at the people around her and then having an opportunity to work in our National Federation of the Blind Bell Academy at the Louisiana Center for the Blind, how that actually really changed her life in quite a, quite a large way. And I'm excited to bring this interview to you. Nice. You're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast, and I am here with Marissa Hirschman. Hi, Marissa. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for participating in our show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. So Marissa has a very interesting story regarding summer programs and how the programs, teaching in the programs, have really had a huge impact on her, um, herself, and sort of her entire path of life, uh, kind of in general. So I guess, Marissa, I'd love to talk to you first about when did you first become involved in summer programs with the National Federation of the Blind?
2: Um, Well, I started when I was, let's see, I was in training at LCB, and I applied to work at the Bell program for just, it's a week, you know, just a week-long Bell program. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking, I had been thinking for a little while that I Uh, wanted to be a teacher of blind students because I was currently um, planning on getting my master's in social work and then I realized how many blind adults that I saw who were in training who had not really been given the opportunity to realize like their full potential before this point. So I thought about how uh, there were a lot of blind youth out there that were being underserved so I thought that the Bell program would be a really good way for me to see if I wanted to be like If I wanted to kind of take this career path. So I started in the Bell program, and that was like the summer of 2017. And that was kind of my first, like my dip in my foot into the (laughs) summer program pool, if you will. (laughs) And, and how was the water?
0: Was it warm? It. Was it cold?
2: <laughs> it was very, it was warm. It was Excellent. very warm. There's lots of great people. I like the LCB Bell program is really good because there's so many great blind role models working. And there are also some really great teachers of blind students that get involved, which I think is really cool. So the the LCB Bell
0: um, and Bell for those that don't know um, Braille enrichment for literacy and learning. It's a residential program, correct? Since it's just a week long. Yeah. So did you work yes. more during the day with the kids? Did you work in the evenings? Did you work both? How did that work?
2: I worked a lot during the day. Um, I did tech. I was. Um, One of the assistive tech people was me and Treve Olivero. And at night, I did the activities with the students. So, like, we would go to different things like carnivals. We had a braille carnival. We did swimming. Yeah, we did. um, We went to uh, the bayou. We went boating. That was really fun. So that kind of showed me, like, how cool it is to teach kids, like, blindness skills in the real world. So not, like, kind of in a controlled setting, but more in a place where they realize, like, how applicable these skills are to their real lives.
0: Wow. That's that's very cool. So you really dove in, not just during the day, but in the evening as well, where uh, sometimes, I know for me working at FB Bell for quite a number of years, when the kids are gone at four o'clock, I am <laughs> really ready to be done. So you, you did both. Excellent. So then what happened after that summer?
2: So after that summer, I decided that I did want to be in the teacher blind students program at Louisiana Tech University. So I started that program and I was involved with Braille Club, which is an after-school program that they do at LCB, um, and I really enjoyed that. So as I got closer to the summer, I was trying to decide kind of what I wanted to do, and um, Eric Guillory asked me if I wanted to be a part of the LCB summer program um, in a bigger role. So I first started with Bell, but then I um, applied for STEP, and I taught assistive technology in the STEP program, and I lived on campus there. So I did daytime and nighttime work for that.
0: So that's high school students, correct? Mostly? Yeah, so they
2: are, yeah, 14 to 18 is our age range. Excellent. So what
0: are your plans for this summer?
2: Well, I'm actually working another summer program. I just can't get enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm working at Iowa this year. I'm from Iowa, actually. So, yeah, so I'm from Fort Madison, which is like in southeast Iowa. But the summer program, it's called LEAP, is in Des Moines. And um, it's also for transition youth about the same age range as step. And I really enjoy working with transition youth. So I'm really excited about that. And I'll just have graduated graduate school. So I'm just kind of going to be doing that and trying to look for jobs and that sort of thing. Wonderful.
0: Can we go backward for just a minute? So you before um, I guess two questions I have. So so you were actually doing your training Um, at Louisiana, and that's sort of what inspired you to think about maybe wanting to change your career path. But I I would love to know a little bit about what were the things that led you to realize that you might want some adult training yourself, kind
2: of what was that journey like? I was graduating early college, so I had like a free semester, so I was like, oh, what am I going to do with the semester? And I had started realizing when I was in college, like, that I was really depending on other people, especially for travel. So, like, I would oftentimes depend on others to, like, get me from place to place. And I didn't like that because generally, like, I'm a pretty independent person. So that was really hard for me uh, to have to do that. So I started getting really frustrated with that as well as I wanted to improve some of my other blindness skills. And um, I had heard a lot about LCD from several people, and I decided that that was the training center that I thought would meet my needs best. And then I talked with Pam Allen, and she is, of course, wonderful. So yes. <laughs> she really convinced me the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what made me want to go. Yeah.
0: And obviously, I mean, besides helping you actually find a whole new career path, um, can you just talk just a little bit about the other things that – that really good, high-quality adult training has given you?
2: Um, it's really given me confidence. I think that's what a lot of people say. Because um, I think a lot of things that I struggled with about my blindness were just, like, I was comfortable being blind, but I just I struggled with, like, things just really normal, like everyday things, like doing them in front of sighted of people. I was, like, always worried that they were, like, watching me and thought, like, that I was kind of inadequate. And mm-hmm. going to training showed me, like, how... A blind person can be super successful because I had a lot of great blind role models there. And I think that's probably the biggest thing, another one of the biggest things that I learned or that I gained from training is a bunch of great mentors. I met a lot of people at training that are still my mentors today and that have really helped me grow as a teacher and as a leader. So I think that's t- probably the two biggest things that I gained from training as well as, of course, like my blindest skills. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you're going to work in
0: Iowa, and you're going to be looking for jobs. Um, where are you looking? Because let me tell you, Maryland could really use some really awesome <laughs> teachers of blind students. So uh, any chance you'd come east? Or are you looking more toward Midwest or Louisiana? What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, um, I'm pretty open. I know everywhere. Everyone tells me whenever I say job, I'm looking for jobs. like, well, really <laughs> We need, to yeah, and it's students. so true. It's <laughs> like, so I know. true. Yeah, so that's what's kind of that's something that I'm actually really passionate about now that you bring that up, Uh, like the need for teachers of blind students. I really hope that we can get more teachers into the Louisiana tech and just into programs in general, because so many blind students are going without good services and are being taught with low expectations. And that's really what I saw in the training program, adults that like were the product of those expectations and finally getting, of course, those skills that they needed. But it was still really upsetting because there were some people that were very smart and like had so much potential but it was being really wasted and in college we learned that or like one of my favorite things that I learned in school in my undergrad was that one of the definitions of poverty is not having the resources to reach someone's potential and I think that's really true with blind people like they just aren't given the resources and the expectations. So. I really hope that we can work on recruiting more teachers of blind students so that like when a graduate comes out they're not like being pulled in a thousand different directions and like <laughs> that blind kids are being really served the with the skills that they need and the education that they need.
0: Yeah. I, I could not agree with you more. Um, I, I really am so glad that you found your passion and I think you are going to make a wonderful teacher of blind students and whoever hires you I think will be very, very lucky to have you. So
2: Thank you. I realize I didn't answer your question. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm looking in in the Midwest and I'm also like, I'm pretty open to different places mm-hmm. too, but um, the Midwest is really special to me because my family's here and I know that, you know, like Iowa was the, like the, I had a really great teacher of blind students in Iowa mm-hmm. who like did educate me with high expectations and I hope to kind of give back to Iowa. But I also realize that there are a lot of other places that need really good services. So I'm, Pretty
0: open. Yeah, no, I I understand. You know, there's something about the Midwest. I'm from Wisconsin originally, and um, you know, you can take oh, the man. can take the uh, girl out of the Midwest, but you can't really take the Midwest out of the girl. So, <laughs> I, I understand yes, that, that pull. You know, kind of back toward toward uh toward where you grew up. But, um, again, I think wherever you land, you're you're gonna do wonderful things. And um, I really appreciate you talking with us. Is there anything else that you'd
2: like to share? No, I think that's that's about it. I. If anyone's listening that has a passion for working with blind youth, like please, please like talk to Dr. Bell at the Professional uh, Development Research Institute on Blindness or talk to any program that you can get your hands on because we really need teachers of blind students. So I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah, no, definitely.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Marissa. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for being on the Nation's Blind Podcast. All uh, right, thank you. Wow, as a parent of two blind kids, let me just say... We really need more teachers like Marissa.
1: Nice. Is she coming to Maryland?
0: I would love her to come <laughs> to Maryland. Let's start
1: a writing campaign. All uh, of please. our listeners, <laughs>
0: please, <laughs> yes. Uh, start tweeting Marissa <laughs> or Facebooking her. I don't know if she's on social media. I assume she probably is. You but go. you know, come to Maryland. We could sign a petition. This, yeah. this would be good. And even but beyond
1: I, it, let's let's help others I, have that same experience.
0: Oh, oh my goodness! And we we need more teachers of blind students. Amen. Um, you know, and I I love how the program really helped her realize you know social work is a great profession but it's it's not what I want to do it's not the Mm -hmm. life I want to live and I think that's so important Mm -hmm. and and kudos to Marissa for not just going with oh my gosh I'm already accepted into this program maybe I should and I'm sure there was probably some internal struggle there I would assume
1: yeah but I would also venture to say that part of the training allowed her to really you know explore other opportunities yes. that she probably felt weren't even possible for her. Yes. I know for me when I went through training, uh you know, I probably wouldn't be where I am now had I not gone through the LCB adult rehabilitation training program because I also had kind of my life prescribed in a specific path, but I think a lot of that was a result of boundaries I I self-imposed, sure. right, around what I could and could not do. Absolutely. But once I acquired that that enhanced skill set, the world got open. Yeah. The world was open to me so
0: that's right. And now Marissa will be opening the world to many other blind kids at even younger ages, which mm-hmm. is the super exciting part.
1: Yeah, that's what I love. This organization, I mean, in, in a real way, I mean, handles blindness in such a holistic fashion. You know, we, we see so many programs out there that, you know, try to take, oh, we're going to take this person and build them into a, a, a blind leader or, you know. But we, we do that from birth to earth, you know, yeah. in, in every particular aspect. And the way we do that is we have adults like marissa who we have this experience and allow them to have that personal and professional growth but then if we do it right we encourage them to share that with young people as well so her becoming a teacher of blind students is going to create that same experience for young people you know and who knows where they'll be when they become college age right
0: right and yeah. if they have really high expectations growing up it's not that they don't need good training or need but i mean it will just be They'll just be that much stronger, that mm-hmm. much more confident, that much more ready to embrace the life that they want to sure. live when, when it's time for them to leave high school and, and go on.
1: And it's important to understand that no matter what level you are, there's always room for improvement. That's why oh, every day we're absolutely. raising expectations. So I, I think that that's important.
0: I would just like to add that as a parent, I'm really excited because President Riccobono and I are going to have our own daughter take a step into a summer program. She will be going to the Louisiana Center for the Blind this Ooh-hoo! summer. And All right. She's nine, and she could not be more excited. And I have to say that as a parent, it will be very different having her <laughs> gone for three weeks. I have to say that as a parent, when she leaves for the airport with her dad to get on that airplane, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be little tears in my eyes because that's just who I am. But I also have to say that I am looking so forward to all that I know the program has to offer her. And I'm so grateful to all the young people like Marissa and like Garrett in the episode before this who give their time, who really put their heart and soul into working that summer program and who really care about the kids they work with. And I'm just really excited for her to take this next step and go on her own little journey, because this program I know can give her something that as much as her dad and I love her, we can't give her because we're mom and dad.
1: Mm -hmm. But one thing, as as President Mark Riccobono, he can't give it to everyone as an individual, but as the president of the organization, he can create opportunities for this to happen to many, 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 many blind students across the country. And I had the opportunity to talk with him during the presidential privilege about the National Federation of the Blind's commitment to these summer programs for young people.
0: Yes, you did. I love when you sit down in the presidential privilege. I'm looking forward to that in our next episode.
1: Well, it was a good conversation as always, and as always, I learned a little more about the man uh, that I knew before the episode. So I'm hoping that you guys will tune in for the next Nation's Blind podcast where we talk to President Riccobono.
0: But in the meantime, we would love your feedback. If you have your own summer program stories, ways that summer programs have changed your life or questions for us about summer programs or anything Mm -hmm. that you'd like to have us discuss on future podcasts, please, we're always open.
1: How are they going to let us know, Melissa?
0: Let's shake it up. (laughs) For the new generation (laughs) Uh who is now uh, listening to the podcast, you can... Follow us on Facebook. You can just mm-hmm. like National Federation of the Blind, and you can comment on our Facebook page or put a post up on our Facebook page, I believe. You can also tweet us. You can mention us at NFB underscore voice. And if nice. they're more old, old school, Neil, how, mm-hmm. how would they get a hold of us?
1: Well, they use this thing called a telephone. Really? <laughs> and they dial 410 659-9314, extension 2444, and leave us a voicemail message.
0: Yes. And what else can you do that's somewhat old-fashioned?
1: They could mail us.
0: Le- less old-fashioned than that.
1: Uh, help me. I don't know.
0: They can email us. You know, I just celebrated us. a
1: birthday, so I, you know, I'm old. Very old. Emails, Yeah, that's yes, that newfangled thing that you young people us. do. Yes, yeah, at, it's not that newfangled, though. Yeah. It's okay. old. Our email address is podcast at nfb.org. That's right. (laughs) And our snail mail address is 200 East (laughs) Wells Street at Jerningham Place, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230.
0: And if anyone snail mails us, I will personally send them something. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know what it will be, but I would love to get... (laughs) <laughs> particularly if it is a Braille snail mail letter, <laughs> make my day. I will read it on the podcast and nice. I will send you something. Nice. So please snail mail us. Yeah. Take the challenge. I love it. And, oh, particularly if you're a student in a summer program mm-hmm. or staff in a summer program, if yeah. you have your kids snail mail us with letters they write in Braille.
1: So especially using a slate and stylist.
0: That would be amazing so that is your challenge please um flood my actual physical mailbox i would love that and i will personally send something to the people that snail mail it won't be anything huge but i will i will personally send something i (laughs) promise nice
1: well, on then, that note, <laughs> I'm just I'm just remembering the, uh, the, the the what is it on 34th Street where they bring all the letters in from Santa. Miracle on yeah, 34th so that Street. that yeah, I, look I would, out! I would love that. All I would right. love that. So until then, until we receive those letters, those bundles and bundles of letters, just remember that you can live the life you want.
0: Blindness is not what holds you back.